Hey guys, brand new podcast. <laughs> I've got tour dates to announce. Friday, June 19th, Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live. It is going to be uh, half capacity, I think, because of the guidelines by the CDC or whatever. So Stand Up Live on the 19th, June 21st, San Antonio, Texas at Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club. The 23rd in Birmingham, Alabama at Stardome Comedy Club. 24th, obviously, Charlotte, North Carolina. That is at a drive-in movie theater. I am so excited about that. I cannot wait. We will be filming all of this. This whole tour will be filmed and going on YouTube. We are going to push hard because then the very next night, we're in Greenville, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone. And then the 26th of June, we are in Indianapolis. Two shows at Tibbs Drive-In. And the next night, June 27th, Des Moines, Iowa at the Funny Bone. Oh, Leisha, get fucking ready. I am coming, baby. I cannot wait to be back in Des Moines. Tulsa, Oklahoma, the next night, June 28th, June 29th, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Bricktown Comedy Club. I'm off on the 30th of, of June if anyone has anything to do. The next night, Fort Collins, Colorado, two shows at the Holiday Twins Drive-In, June 2nd, Salt Lake City, Utah. Wise Guys Comedy Club. And Friday, July 3rd. Did I say June 2nd? It's July 3rd. Second. July 3rd, Las Vegas, Nevada at the Win XS Nightclub. Let me tell you something, everybody. I am so fucking excited to get back on the road. These are all going to be so socially distanced. So the capacities have been lowered. Uh, at the majority of the clubs, we are following the guidelines. So whatever they dictate, we will do. Those at the, at the uh, drive-in movie theaters, we are going to have a little area blocked off so you can pull your car in and then that area is yours. So I think most shows are sold out, but if there's still tickets available in some of the places, so you'll have your own little area. So you can like set up, put out some pop-up tents, put a grill out. I mean, I don't know what you can do at a drive-in. I don't know if they'll let you grill. You should check with the drive-in before you do that. But pre-party, tailgate, watch the show. We got four cameras. We're going to be shooting the show. That'll be up on the big screen. We're bringing our own stage to the show. So I'll be in front of the stage. I cannot fucking wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being so patient with all the chaos that's been going on in regarding touring and, and lives and all of it. I know that me doing stand-up for you is the not the most important thing on your list, but the fact that you guys have been hitting me up and being so patient means so fucking much. Um, by the way, I had a joke in my last special about Georgia playing categories with her, and I said street names, and she said Notorious B.I.G. That's a T-shirt. That is a T-shirt that is at BurtBurtBurt.com. You can go check it out. It's awesome. It's her face is a little baby with the notorious B.I.G. crown on it. And it says street names underneath it. I love it. We also have. I got it right uh, here. Oh, you got one? Pull it up, Halston, so I can right. see it. Oh, you're wearing it. I'm wearing it. Oh, shit. I love that picture. So we got that. Uh, we are coming out with Hot Summer, hot summer Nights Tour. Uh, apparel we will have a visor you know i've been really into visors during this quarantine and we are going to have a tank top uh also everyone that's coming to the drive-in movie theater are you're going to get a present from me get ready get ready it's going to be a fucking blast listen today's podcast is an awesome podcast this was recorded before uh the country went into the protests and everything and so jen and i do this with jen kirkman jen kirkman is a fantastic comedian, a fantastic person, a really great, I really love Jen Kirkman. She is awesome. 
and she seems so happy right now. I love that. I love because, you know, not everyone's doing so great in this quarantine, but Jen is like, I think I found my stride. It's a great podcast, but we do talk about, uh, about um, virtue signaling and posting things online. And this is obviously before all the protests and the Black Lives Matters um, stuff going on. So uh, it, I probably sound a tad bit hypocritical of me because I did post I did post a black box on uh, that blackout Tuesday. By the way, I did it before and I knew it was like a big thing. Like I just thought it was pretty cool. It was like it was cool to scroll through Instagram and just see black boxes everywhere. And then I saw the shit show that was going down. I read it on Theo's. I talked about it with Dom on Two Bears. I read it on Theo's and I was like, God. And I was going to delete it and I was like, Don't delete it. You don't want to delete it. That looks like you're racist. So I just disabled comments. But thankfully, thankfully, and you'll hear this in my in some of my reads today, uh, that joke is dead and over. We don't have to worry about that joke ever again. I just smell like shit and I fuck dogs. So everyone is going to love this podcast. Uh, oh, this podcast is brought to you by Tiege Hanley. Look, I know I'm not known for showering. A lot of people say I smell bad, like dog shit. However, <laughs> my new daily skincare routine from Tiege Hanley is fantastic. I'm not a pretty boy celebrity like Tom Segura who likes to spend hours upon hours getting groomed by professional groomers. I'm just a regular guy that likes to take care of himself. Honestly, I never even considered using skincare before in my entire life, but Tish Hanley has made it so dead simple that even for someone like Burt Kreischer, if I can do it, you can do it. They sent me their products at the beginning of quarantine and I liked them so much that I had them send me even more because I just kept tearing through them. My favorite is the face wash. Keep it out by the pool. I, did, I sit in the pool, chest high, get a little face wash, wash it, take the hose, spray my face off, ice cold water, rejuvenating. Then I take their little PM serum, rub it on my face. And I'll tell you right now, you've heard it a million times. Tom says I look fantastic every time we do Two Bears, One Cave. It is because of Tiege Hanley. Free U.S. shipping. No coupon code required. They ship to most other countries, too. They sell directly to you by cutting out the middleman. That's how they can provide such high-quality products at such an affordable price. This is the most important part. Because Tiege Hanley is sponsoring our podcast, they are offering you, my listener, a free toiletry dot bag with their first box. All you got to do is go to Tiege.com slash BurtCast. That's T-I-E-G-E dot com slash BurtCast to get started for just $25. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I think I've announced everything there is to announce. Two Bears, One Cave comes out. Uh, it just came, just dropped today. Bill Burt just did not drop today. Congratulations to my buddy, Bill Burr. Uh, we postponed the podcast this last weekend. He had more important matters to deal with. And so we'll be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, don't forget you find me this June, July on the Hot Summer Nights Comedy Tour. I am fucking ready. I am ready. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian, writer, author, podcaster, Jen Kirkman. This is Hey, uh, I got to tell you, your what? bangs look awesome. Do you know I'm growing them out, right? Jen, can I tell you that my favorite joke this entire quarantine was the very first day of quarantine. You said, you know, it's not a bad time to grow my bangs out. And it was such <laughs> a, I, 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 I heard you say it. I don't know if it was on stories or what, but I just thought, yeah. you know, it's not a bad time to grow your bangs. It was, it, I've been saying it to everyone. All the, it's my favorite joke. Through, I, you know, you're one of the people that you, you, have, 
That's I'm, so weird I'm, for a dude. Uh, like, oh, no, no, no. Well, that bangs just draw. I, well, I'm also surrounded by women, so my whole life is true, women. True. But, uh, but it's so funny. You have jokes that stick with me for so long that I think of all the time. And I think that's the mark of a great comedian is someone who can plant a seed that never gets harvested. It's always there for you to go back to. Well, you know what? I, I posted on Twitter or something uh, like back in October. I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to leave my house until my bangs grow out. Like I had no idea a pandemic was coming. I was like, oh, ha ha. Imagine not leaving your house. And uh, now we're here. It was, it, I've been, I've been giggling about it this whole, and it was so nice. I knew you, we were doing this podcast and yesterday you're yeah. like, Hey guys, I want to take a look at this. It goes behind my ears. <laughs> oh, look at that. For people who might relate. Oh wait. Yeah. It can tuck it. That's a big, it's a big moment. It's like getting, um, pubic hair. Like it's like another <laughs> life moment. They're like, Oh, I'm getting somewhere. I'm growing up. It's not the same at all. Actually. We, we watched the movie. Good boys. Have you seen that? No, I don't know it. It may not be right demographic for you, uh, but it is so goddamn funny. It's funny. Like we watched uh, it with my daughter. Yes. I remember seeing the billboards for it around yeah. back when I used to leave the house. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> but I haven't seen it. No. It is. I'll tell you right now. It's legit. It, it's legit silly funny. Like kind of like the, the wrong Missy. Like just yeah. what I need like, to turn my brain off and just giggle. I, or are you having a beer? Diet Coke. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I'll go get a glass of wine, but I'm just having coffee. Okay. I haven't, I, you know, I barely partied at all this whole pandemic. I've only partied like, I think like nine or 10 times. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> no, <it's> not. <laughs> that for me is going to be like my bangs thing for you. Like I've only partied like nine, 10 times. It's only been like two months. That's like it's once been, a week at least. It's been 75 days. <laughs> okay, but I can't do math, but that seems like once a week, which is pretty good. It's, it's actually, like a good it actually is about once a week when you think about it. But what happened was I went the first stretch, like I went 40 days without doing anything, like nothing, 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 yeah. no cigars. None. I, mean, I mean, I haven't had any cigars or weed this whole time. I went like 40 days with nothing. Just see if I could do it. And then. Once the gloves were off, I was like, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm not going to live this pandemic just teetotaling. I want to be able to have a beer in the backyard. And Yeah, know. totally. I've gained a little weight. I, I want to come out of the pandemic not heavier than I was. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to work on that. But drinking is a big part of it because, you know, I, I started to drink more. And I don't even, for someone that really drinks, they'd laugh at what I think is drinking a lot. But like having a couple every day. Like at first you're like, oh, I'm like a French woman. And then you're like, oh, now I'm like a fat person. Not like a fat, you know what I mean? I don't want to offend anyone. But I say I'm like a fat person because I got fat. <laughs> I'm the, not saying fat people drink. Have you been? You know right? what? Edit this all out. No, no. Have this I is what I love what? about you. I love that you don't, go, you don't mind going hard in the paint about just about anything. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> things. And something I wish I could do more of. Like I just have such a, I just hear my dad in my head going, hey, buddy. No one gives a fuck what you think about the riots. No one gives a fuck what you think about that. They only care that you're a comedian. Shut your fucking mouth and think of well, a no, joke. That's, people- yeah. I think your dad's right because I don't do political stuff. And I won't even post political on any uh, platform anymore because after a while, it's like, what is the point? Am I trying to show off to people that I care about this? And I kind of realized, yeah, that's why I was doing it. That's and that's not helping anyone. That's Jen. That's I just talked to Segura about this yesterday. I said I, it bothers me, and it doesn't bother me 
not so much when say like uh, I'm, I'm I'm using a name that I know is safe, but like Rob yeah. Riggle posts a picture of say um of of uh, Eric Garner, whoever you know, posts a picture of a yeah. black. So I it doesn't bother me. I get it. He's got a platform, and if he wants to use it to bring a bring light to a subject, I get it. What bothers me is like my wife's friend who's trying to become an Instagram influencer or is starting a podcast and has five listeners and like that kind of shit. It's just bringing attention to themselves. And it's, and it's, and I'm torn because I, I want to be, I want to use, I want, I'm, I care just as much as everyone else, but I feel so disingenuous posting about subjects like that. Well, there's things you can do. Like, let's say some big scandal happens, whether it's, like you said, like an Eric Garner type thing or an environmental thing, you can join email lists and get updates and learn how to sign petitions and write letters, maybe donate money. And no one ever has to know about it. God and so it. I said this to myself in the fucking bed. I said, I said, Bert, yeah. if you want to affect change, why don't you start, why don't you take some money and invest it mm-hmm. in a boys, a boys and girls club in South Central and, and get, get new new uniforms and new basketballs or, or help pay for lunches or do something yep. and then don't tell anyone and feel good about yourself. I literally said that today. Yeah. And also like you have your platform on your podcast. So if you're talking about something that you're approaching from your way of doing it, your people will be behind it. You know, like I am an expert in anxiety because I had it my whole life and I've, I, I don't mean to say I've conquered it, but it's completely manageable. It's not, it's like, uh, it doesn't, do, you know what I'm saying? And so I've have this long, like seven page email. That's like, here are all the different things, links to podcasts, videos, things they could read. It's all free. If you think you have anxiety, if this pandemic, and it's like, that's how I can contribute to the world. Cause that's what I know about. And so I just post, like, send me an email and I just send a form letter back and that's it. Like, I don't do it for attention, but like, there might be a thing going around a, a popular meme about anxiety. I'm not gonna participate in that. Cause that's not, I have to offer more than that. I have more to offer than that. And I'm not trying to get people to think I'm interesting or cool. And like with, with that kind of stuff, like I do think there's something powerful. Let's put it this way. I think a long time ago before it was cool to be, you know, like woke, there were times like on the internet that I was like, gee, I wish like men realized how much women get harassed on the internet. I wish they'd say something. And so I can see if you're black and you're like, gee, I wish white people would fucking act like they give a shit and at least post a picture of this guy that this happened to or that. I get that. And if you're doing it for that reason, I think that's great, especially if you're some kind of influencer talking about makeup and then you interrupt your regularly scheduled post to post about this. It can really have an impact. And yet you're also not bad if you don't do that because as long as you do something. But I feel like I don't I don't know if I trust half the people I know putting up their stuff. It's like, but what are you actually doing? There's something to be said for like, sometimes the action is just, I'm here. I'm an ally. I'm not afraid to tell everyone. I don't care if my fans who are, you know, different political mar- you know, group hate me. That's okay. But I don't know if I think that a lot of what I see is that. It's not, I, I, it bothers me, especially that's like, when you know that their posts are fluctuate between, Hey, look how great my life is. Look at my new backyard. Look at me hanging out and having a cocktail and Really enjoying life. This pandemic's nice. Going to Hawaii next week. Oh my God, my hubby got me a gosh. All Black Lives Matter, and you're like, hold on, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's so funny. I, I feel like this is what I miss in this pandemic is talking to comics where you yeah. have an idea and you get stuck on an idea, and you and I can't. My wife and I, my wife just kind of just goes, 
I get, I must be fucking exhausting to be married to. And so she just she, this morning. Was, you said that about yourself. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can say it about me and it's true. I woke up this morning in a fucking way. This, these riots ha, have bothered me because, because I, I don't, I don't know where to place. This is going to sound weird. Mm-hmm. I, I was so influenced by my father. My dad had such an influence on me positively that I would never be someone to riot ever in my life. But had my dad not had that influence on me and I had been at a Florida State game and, and we won the championship and a riot started, I would have been the person rioting. I definitely would have had my dad not been there. So in a weird way, becoming the yeah. man you are and being the man you, your father wanted you to be is crossed. Is, mm. you, you straddle a fence. And then if you if you put that with hey just not Florida State uh, won the championship, but people that look like me are getting murdered, and I'm tired of this. And I can also loot a fucking target. I, I get it, but like, but like, yeah. it, it's like, like if if there is a social injustice, and I want to be heard. So I was torn this morning between like and like Ti posted this video of um, of black people beating up cops. Because the cops were about, I'm guessing the cops were about to kill somebody in a chokehold, and then black guys jumped in and fought the cops. And he, T, I was like, yeah. "This needs to happen. This is this is how we make change." And I was, and and it's like I'm listening, right? Like that's the number one yeah. thing is listen. But then I'm also torn to being like, always be respectful to cops. Never like I have a certain way that I live my life. It's really yeah. so. I was a nightmare waking up. Right. Well, and it's the good news is like you don't have to make a decision yeah. about how you, f- it, it can be both and it, it can be like, and he's not right and he's not wrong. It's just like, it, it, it can be, uh, I, I'm going to say a word that I don't think is the right word. Oh, but I'm, I'm willing to take the risk and embarrass myself. <laughs> okay. It can be mellifluous. Now, I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Does anyone know what that word means? I actually... Somebody tell your producer to look it up and tell Austin, me. look up. <laughs> do, you like when the, do you like when the guest tells your producer what to do? <laughs> Austin, um, look up mellifulous. But I think it can be fluid because you are not the chief of police. You are not the, the, the secretary of defense or whatever. You're not the governor. Yeah. So you don't have to know. You can just be a human who's listening and, and weighing in. And I like your voice club idea. It's things like that. Like if you have resources, then, you know, and now if you don't do it, you're going to look like a huge dick. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, you know, it's like you're doing you're Yeah. I mean, you can't what, go downtown and mix it up right now. It's just not. No one needs that from you. No one needs. No one needs. It's, you know, it's in it. it was, Amy Schumer was put in a really bad place last night because. Ooh, why did she do that? Oh, that's what I said. It's like, but Girl, here's just, the deal. Just, yeah. Like part of me is like, just. Can't you just say no? Kill like, hey man, maybe that's not the right. But then, okay, you ready? Devil's advocate. This is yeah. this is what is fucking me up through all of this, Jen. Is that like, I am obviously all of us as comedians are contrarians by nature. By nature, when we sat in class and the teacher said one thing, we thought the exact opposite and, and worked an argument that way, right? Yeah. I thought, what if P Diddy said, Amy, if you come, a bunch of racist white women will show up too, and that's who we need to talk to. <laughs> well, I assume that that's probably the thinking. Yeah, I mean, but, but 
I, do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm more concerned. And this is, again, I'm not saying it's good or bad. This is just how I've been trained in social media. I'm more concerned with the opinion of the people that are going to go, why is she doing that? Like, set some white shit. I'm more concerned with what they think than turning the minds of the white racist because I assume I couldn't anyway. Yeah. But uh, so I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm telling you from my heart, like what's in my deep, dark. See, because I feel safe at home. I don't think anyone's hearing this. So this is just my private thoughts that I would say, like, I actually care about how it looks more than what it does, which sucks. Oh, no, 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 Jen. I care about, I care so much sometimes about what it looks like as opposed to what it does. Because I go, yeah. I have opinions. I have opinions about a lot of things. And then I just kind of go, man, what am I throwing my hat in the ring for that? And, and, and yeah. I just feel like it's not, it's like if P. Diddy said, Bert, we want you to talk about Black Lives Matter. I would definitely go, I am not the right guy. Because I would just hear my dad go, buddy, shut your fucking mouth. Go, God damn it. If I've never, I've never told you to go get drunk, go get drunk, get your man cave and lock the door. Yeah. Don't do anything. <laughs> go get drunk. That might make you end up to, you know what, Diddy? I had a, a, <laughs> I'm you just start trying to like zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> you break in. But I mean, I might talk about, you know, it really became apparent to me. I used to think years and years ago, and again, I don't know why I'm being so confessional, but I just am. Uh, years and years ago, it, there was a point in my comedy where I remember this one night I did this comedy show way out in LA, West LA, like in a black neighborhood with jazz club kind of place. And there was a, a jazz night happening at 10 PM. And I was on the comedy show before that. And I went last and it spilled over into the jazz night. And so like the audiences were changing. The white people were leaving, black people coming in. There was jazz. And I was like, I'll get off the stage. And the audience was like, no, keep going. And I was like, okay. And I did this, like finished up my set with like, trying to talk about race and how like women and black people, like we get it. It's both us against the white man. Like without thinking I'm white, you dumb bitch. Like <laughs> it's not white, it's not white women and black people against the white man. It's like, no, I mean, I'm sure the black women were like, what? But it was funny. It was like, <laughs> no one was hurt or offended. Yeah, they were laughing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was ignorant. And now I'm like, <laughs> God, I, I have learned a lot actually in the last 10 years from social media about my little white blind spots. And now it's like, I'm probably a Karen, even though I'm not, but you know, that, that whole thing is, is, um, my whole life is spent behind the scenes, like in private groups with it's like black women and white allies and like trying to talk about issues that nobody knows I do this. Right. And yeah. so I'm learning quietly and that is the only way that I would come to if P. Diddy called me, which he probably is any minute. <laughs> I would come at it from that point of view, being like, I used to know nothing and I have no information to give anyone except that came way too late in my development. And it's like, what do I want? Forgiveness? Like, again, I just feel like there's no good reason for me to speak. Yeah, I, well, I love what you just said. I'm probably a Karen. Like, I think I, Tom and I <laughs> said that the other day. I said, the first thing people need to start doing, well, I'm talking about the the Karen and the Chris Christopher Cooper, I think is his name, the guy, yeah, the yeah. bird watcher. I said the first thing people need to do is realize that they are both of those people. Like they are yeah. both of those people, and that's in any scenario. You know, a woman put her phone on me the other day, and I and I was me and my daughters had our we were walking the dogs, and we I you'll see it on my if you ever follow my Instagram stories, I wear a bandana around my neck, and if I see people, yeah, I yeah. pull it up. 
And if I, by the way, I re- I really genuinely do not like wearing uh, masks, but however I do it, yeah. I do it because I also don't like confrontation. So like, I'd ra- I yeah. just assume make you feel comfortable, make me feel, I like, I, yeah, I cause I'm a mask confronter. You don't want to run into me. Oh, I, I ran into a woman who was a mask confronter and I, but had, now that it's hot out, I do what you do. I, I, I hear until I see people cause it's, it's very hot. But anyway, what happened with this, this lady, we, we were walking the dogs and, um, this lady had her phone out and I don't know if she was live streaming or just recording. And she goes, and there they are just walking around with no masks. My instinct, <laughs> my instinct was to get me. into her camera. I was almost like, go fuck yourself. And like, and then I'm like, yeah, what, yeah. Am what am I doing? Like, and, and it was so against my instinct to simply put it on and go, sorry. And yeah, because, yeah. She was filming me and my daughters just put them on and they like, they wear them down and then flipped them up. But it was so against my instinct. And so I understand where that, I don't understand. I understand also wanting to, I was like, this was a thought I was having yesterday. I was like, it's, you can't even hate people anymore. Because when you hate someone, you say the most horrible things you ever said. So like people are going, hey man, don't yeah. hate out loud. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny that you said earlier. And I, I just thought of it when you said that about me, that I'm willing to go hard in the paint on things. You are. It's so funny you think that because I don't think that I am. And I, I have a podcast. I just did an episode of it the other day where I talked about you know, when I go on stage, uh, there's there's this reality. Uh, let me go on a rant here for a minute. Please. People people say that the internet isn't real life, and I would argue that it is, and that comedy clubs or theaters or whatever are not real life in a good way. You buy your ticket, you stand in line, you sit down, you have a drink, someone opens up for you. By the time you come out with your point of view, which, as you said, comedians contrarian, they're ready for it. They've come to your house to hear your thoughts, and they usually respond correctly. When you are at home on the internet, you just had a fight with your husband, you're washing the dishes, you're homeschooling your kid, and you just look at someone's post, you're still in real life. And you see someone's post and it's, you no longer have that same mindset that you treat comedians with when you go see them live. And you're like, nah, 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 nah. And so I, especially during the pandemic, not performing live, but it's happened before that with posting, I'm always thinking, is this offending someone? And I don't mean the, not that dumb conversation about you can't say anything anymore. Not that one. Yeah. But am I looking like stupid because I'm not showing that I know every angle? When in comedy, the point is show your angle. Forget all the other angles. This is your angle. So anyway, I don't understand. And you ever have, okay, so here's my own point. You ever have a thought that's a really terrible thought and you go, I know other people have had this thought and then you know that it has to be a comedy bit. Yeah. The contract between you and the audience is they know that this is a one-time thought and you're just going with it. Yeah. Um, you know, my example I give is if you had an Aunt Shirley who had a mansion and you, she's, you're going to get that mansion when she dies and she's 60 and she just went to the doctor and he's like, you're going to live to 100. There's part of you that's like, fuck. Now, if you're doing a bit like that on stage, right, you don't have to go, but I really love my aunt and I hope everyone lives long. You don't have to do that. But you almost do online because no one gets it online, right? So my whole point is when everyone was like, the graduates, they can't graduate. It was so much. Then Obama's giving a speech. Man hasn't said anything in four years. Now he's given a speech. 
every Schwarzenegger, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Who the fuck cares about graduation? Can you hand things more to a younger generation? Like there's a pandemic, maybe learn from that. That's going to educate you more than anything. Any fucking Bill Cosby gave a graduation speech and he raped everybody. It doesn't matter. Like, stop. You don't need to graduate. Like you, you graduated, you're done with school. I know it sucks. You can't see your friends. You wanted to sit in the, anyway, I was just like, I don't get the graduation thing. Like calm down everybody. And I got all these DMs that were like, well, people of color, traditionally, their families never went to college. And this is a big moment for a lot of people. And I was like, I had done 50 disclaimers before I did that bit. So my bit wasn't even funny anymore. I was like, now I know. So I already did it. And I said, don't DM me. They did it anyway. And I'm like, I can't win. So So anyway, of course, a bunch of people DM me that were people of color. And they were like, no. Like, that's a white person getting mad at you. Like, I don't give a shit. I want, I'm trying to get mine and get out in the world. I don't fucking care about the graduation. So anyway, my point is, I was like, I've lost myself. What's all this disclaimer? Like, that's a TED talk. That's not a joke to be like, okay, everyone, I'm about to say something about graduation, but here's the thing. I know that it's hard. Well, there, no. So I'm not doing it anymore. And I just decided yeah. this last week. So it's funny you, you have that image of me because I'd started to lose it and I'm back. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Hems. If you have not heard me talk about Hems, then you, my friend, have not been listening. 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35. Tom's girl started losing it way earlier. And once you've noticed it's thinning, sometimes it can be too late. The best thing you can do to stop that hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Some guys freak out and turn to weird solutions that do nothing. When they can just turn to medicine and science, 4hims.com is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, all for men. It is time to write a new chapter in your life, and this one starts with you having hair. Hims is helping guys be their best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills. These are prescription solutions backed by science. This is what I love about Hims. It was created by a guy who knows some men health conversations are easier to have online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor visits, no long pharmacy lines. Or Hims connects you with real doctors online, which would save you hours. Completely confidential, totally discreet. Answer a few quick questions. Doctor's gonna review it. And if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you the medication to treat your hair loss and they ship directly and discreetly to your door. Right now, my listeners can get started with their first month for free. All you got to do, do is go to 4 slash BurtCast. That's 4 slash BurtCast. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed three-month minimum prescription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that is 4 slash BurtCast. Keep this hair. Keep this hair. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Have you ever had a meal that's so good you feel like you could eat it again and again and again and never get tired of it? It's like having a to-go order at a restaurant just every time. I have done that. When you find a dish you love, you can't wait to join it again. That's why Blue Apron is kicking off this summer with a can't-miss menu of their top-rated recipes all through June. No, really. The entire menu are recipes customers repeatedly ask to bring back, the ones that are their highest rated, the ones that they say they would cook every week. So if you are looking to try a meal kit service, this is the perfect time. And this will prove to you, show to you why people love Blue Apron. I love Blue Apron. Last night we had a curried cauliflower rice bowl with a little bit of a green sauce on top. And I guess what? 
I woke up and I wanted it this morning when there were leftovers. That's what's beautiful is that my daughters don't eat as much as the big boys. So, and I'm trying to lose weight so I can, I can just double down and have it the next day for lunch. Home cooking matters more than ever right now. With Blue Apron, you can have peace of mind by getting fresh quality ingredients delivered straight to your door so you too can cook, cook delicious meals in the comfort of your own, own home. It takes all the guesswork out of dinner. I say to Leanne, what are we having for dinner? She says, a Blue Apron. And the girls smile. They have never let us down. I am being serious. They have never let us down. And you can know your ingredients are being prepared and packaged with the highest attention to quality and safety. And with their commitment to transparency and reducing waste, Blue Apron has your back in more ways than one. Consider Blue Apron like a kitchen coach. They teach you new skills, change up your daily routines from dishes designed for a healthy lifestyle to those with special ingredients. You'll love how great how home cooking can be. And they deliver these ingredients directly to your door. Over half their signature dish menus are stacked with ready-to-cook meals designed for balanced eating. And any night you get to cook and spend quality time with your family is a great night in my book. I swear to God, Blue Apron has brought my family closer and is the reason I have well-rounded daughters. I am not that reason. I believe Blue Apron is that reason because we sit together and we have a dinner every night together. It's been great during this, this time at home to eat with my girls. Want to try a meal kit but concerned about the packaging? Is that what you're thinking? You can feel good about food and your environment, environmental impact because Blue Apron is the first meal kit to partner with How to Recycle who takes the guesswork out of recycling and is committed to transparency and reducing waste. Here's the deal. Don't sacrifice flavor. Don't settle for boring meals. With Blue Apron, you can enjoy top-rated recipes all month long. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off across your first two deliveries when you visit blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That is blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron, feed your soul. (laughs) You know, you're... you. I've always said people like you have taught me to appreciate uh, everyone. Like you got to appreciate everyone. (laughs) Like, like, like I remember you were the one you tweeted. um, Yes. All women. Was it? Yes. All women. Was it? Oh, back when it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All women. And I remember hearing that and then going like seeing it. It wasn't you yet. Someone, someone that like I don't line up with, like let's say Lena Dunham, someone who just kind of has always kind of rubbed me wrong. Where I go, I feel like there's yeah. a lot of hypocrisy in this. Um, and by the way, I'm hesitant to even attack Lena Dunham because I feel like she's really getting it from all angles. But uh, but, and I just those, don't want to pile on. She's one of those people. <laughs> she's yeah. always going to get it from so, all angles. She's always going to kind of be in the wrong place. And then you tweeted. I want to say your exact tweet was yes, all women have felt threatened ordering a pizza or something like that. It was very <laughs> simple. And, and, and I was like, I was like, what? And it was like, and because I like you and I'm, I'm a fan of yours and I love the way your brain works, I stopped and I went, I wonder what this is about. And then I, saw, cool. I like, I put on other shoes and I thought, yeah, that's got to be terrifying as fuck to be home alone, order a pizza. And then some dude comes to your house and's like, small single pizza, one soda. I'm going to just rape the fuck out of this. Like, and, and, <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my yeah. God, that's got to be absolutely terrifying. And it was, it was, yeah. it's things like that where I started going, Oh, I, I need to like, I need to, I need to not only just follow her, but make sure I, I mean, you have, you've got me in trouble a few times, but the whole like, with who? Oh, the fucking, can I help you with your bag? I've, I've gotten so many fucking, I've gotten in so many 
head like head to head battles. I love help with, with my bag. No, you do not. No, you're not. Yes, not I do. always. No. Oh, you know. You know what my difference is. Okay, tell me the difference because I difference. I just read it with a broad stroke and was like, do not ever help a fucking woman. <laughs> No, this is the difference. And think of this as not even a gender. Think of a man or woman doing this. You know, when you have an awkward thing that you're carrying. Yeah. That you know how to do it. And and if someone tries to help, you might fall on both your heads. Yeah. Um, A lot of times people like rush to. Okay, no, that's erase what I said. I hate this. When everyone gets off a plane and everyone stands up and you're trying to get your bag. Now, I travel alone all the time. So I don't over, I don't, I make sure my carry on's not heavy because I know I have to lift it over my head. I'm taking personal responsibility. Okay. Yeah. However, however, sometimes I need help because not because I'm a woman. Well, maybe sometimes, but because my back's fucked up or something and I'll ask for help. And if people offer, I'm totally down with it. The thing I don't like is when someone assumes and you're doing something and then they help or the, I'm hesitating with my bag because I'm about to hit you on the head because you're one of these fucking morons who won't stay in their seat. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. And they're like, oh, I got it. Don't. Oh, what are you doing? And then they say some weird comment like independent women. I'm like, I, I'm not trying to be independent. I'm not about to hit you in the fucking head if you don't move. So it's stuff like that. It's, I, that's I, the I bad thing. Trouble on a flight from Edmonton to Phoenix. When, because I I just listened to you, I I you were I, <laughs> don't I think listen you, to me. I, I I don't know. I I think you were just rolling a bag through the airport, and some guy goes, "Can I help you with that?" And you're like, "No." Would you say that to a fucking? Well, that yes, that did. I'm like, it's on wheels. Yeah, yeah. And then right? and then you were like, you said I. It was a, it's a really genius statement. You said I packed these bags. I'm traveling alone. I think I can handle them. I wouldn't pack bags that are too heavy for me to lift. And I was like, yeah, that's a great point. What person would, so there's a woman getting on a plane and she's got her bag and she goes to lift it up and someone goes, are you going to help her? And I said, she packed her own bags. She can lift them. I mean, why, who packs a bag they can't lift? And someone's like, just fucking help her, man. And I was, by the way, sidebar, I was drunk. I was very drunk. And (laughs) everyone's like, I took whatever math you gave and construed it in whatever beautiful mind theory i put it out like she can do it herself like ray charles's mom you've got a hat that's like earth's biggest feminist like you're like what what i meant you're not feeling this everyone i thought okay because i thought you basically did what white people do with the n-word like i can say that you probably shouldn't (laughs) because it'll sound intensive that's so funny well the thing is sometimes i Sometimes I do overpack things that I can't lift. And again, it's not a gender thing. I always assume somebody could help like anyone, yeah. even a, you know, anybody. Yeah. Um, but that is so funny. My wife said to me in this morning, she said, you know, you, you and I look very similar in that you don't get snagged on facts. Like things don't catch you up. <laughs> and, and I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. That you sounds just- a little passive aggressive. <laughs> it was very passive aggressive. Cause she was like, there's a lot of things that, trip a lot of people up in life that you, for whatever reason you've avoided entirely like paying bills or worrying about money or worrying about what, where the girls are going to go to school insurance, uh, but building a new house, what kind of windows are we going to have? Like all those things you don't, she goes, you've, you've, you've set up a life where that none of that catches you up that you literally just have to find funny moments. And then I was like, yeah. And then I found out my things that I care about are like, uh, like sunsets. 
really like I like I, I care about things that affect you. Like I, I care about emotion. I want to be in a good mood and I want to find good mood. Yeah. So I want to look Me for too. and that's all that I kind of look for. And then I when I talked to Isla, I was like, that kid does not get snagged on facts at all. Like <laughs> that's amazing. But, well, you know, I love your sunset comment because I, this is what I would want to impart to younger people that are angsting and like well, our generation has it the worst. You don't even know. It's like, listen, there were people in concentration camps giving gratitude and dancing. And do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I will not allow this nonsense that we can't have joy, which is our true God given right and spirit while shit is falling around us. And it doesn't mean we're bad for taking a minute to enjoy a sunset. We don't have to be angsting every second or showing how upset we are. It's, it's bad for, you might as well just kill yourself. I'm not kidding. It is bad for the soul. And I have found in this pandemic time you know, and I shouldn't broadcast it, but I live by myself and I've have been lonely once and I've been the littlest things make me so happy that you would think maybe she got hit in the head. Like I cleaned out my bookshelf and I found some really cool books that are like from the seventies and they just look good. They're like, you'd want to display them. So I put them in my living room next to a plant and I went, that looks great. And I just looked at it for an hour. I'm like, am I dumb now? But things have slowed down and I'm like actually cutting fruit like I brought it I bought a big melon I haven't done that in forever and I cut it and I was like you get so much more out of this they just buy the plastic things and I'm like wow I feel like I'm a French woman who has all this time like you know you ever been to like parts of Europe where you, you can't believe it's real you see them walking around with a grocery bag with just like a baguette a piece of celery it looks fake and yeah. they're like so they're just gonna use that tonight and then they'll do it all again tomorrow and like <laughs> there's no Costco in the Oh my God, I feel so simple right now. And so that's yeah. why I don't actually feel that funny because I'm so fucking content that I've got to find something funny about that, which I obviously can. I just haven't felt like it because I'm busy uh, doing the simplest things that I don't know are just the littlest things happen. Like I love, there's a wine shop around the corner for me that I love and it's a wine bar and a cheese bar and I want to keep them in business during the thing. And so I went and bought some wine, like at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, this is my favorite kind. And they remembered me and emailed me when they had more of it in. And yeah. I like start crying. I'm like, we're so connected. And I'm like, I'm losing it. But I think it's because you're getting older. Like I'm getting so sentimental and the simplest things are beautiful. And I want joy. Like I, I don't know. But again, it's hard to be a comedian when you're like, guys, who here loves joy? Sunsets, right? Yeah. You got to be like kind of the opposite. Yeah. You got to, you got to find a cynical. I love, I love, I have a fishmonger that, uh, has, has, has great fresh fish and it's really cool that like I, I texted him or I, I, maybe I DM'd him or texted him. I forget how I did it. And then he was like, Hey man, we're also baking bread. If you want some bread, I've been really into like fresh break bread. Like Tom Papa yeah. dropped off a loaf of sourdough and I just, I'm not a big bread guy because it's just the way everyone's supposed to live their life is not eat bread, but I'm eating yeah. bread. Like, enjoying bread and avocado toast and making my daughter's sandwiches like the littlest things i woke up the like the first week of pandemic i woke up and one of our bananas was going bad and i thought yeah. hey we got to make use of this banana today and then i was like what can we make with a banana like it was like it, but you're right slowing things down last night so my big thing has been um i drank this past weekend and it's it's really weird because 
I, I live my life on a really weird reward system. I believe in treats and I, I can get by the day if I know I have treats coming up at the end of the day. And so, yeah. so I, I partied all weekend and my treats were all booze and, at the end of the day. And I was like, oh, nice. Ah, so excited. If I can just work out this morning and do, and do an ice bath, then I get to get booze later. Today. Oh, nice. Last night I was like, I got no treats. I got no treats. And then Isla and my daughters will do this to me. This is my, yeah. these are, I do this when I get treats. I go, ooh, it's like skipper <laughs> fingers. And my daughter's, Isla came in last night. She goes, how about some snuggly pajamas? And we watch a movie. And I went, oh, that's a treat. And it's about finding <gasps> in other way, other places. And I was like, snuggly pajamas. Oh, I, I wouldn't mind that. And Jack so we watch up that, that air conditioning. Oh, and that's when you watch the good. Oh, it's so air cute. conditioning. Oh, it's so fucking now, great. If someone said to you two years ago, Tom Papa dropped up, dropped off a sourdough bread. You'd be like, why am I dying? Like what happened? Like are there are no more stores. We'd be so free. You'd be like, what a loser. What's he doing? It's amazing. Like people are dropping off bread to their fucking friends. I mean, I hate to say it, but this is, I, I'm afraid we're not going to go back. I'm afraid we're going to go right back to the, the, the running around. And, and I, I don't know. I, I really love something about this right now. Not, you it's know, like, it, I want it's like you ever backpack through Europe and then you came back. You're like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be having wine. I'll be driving a, a baguette in the middle of the park with just a little bit of cheese yeah. and a cucumber. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah. Big Mac, supersize it. I remember living in New York on 9-11 being like, I'll, changed forever i'll always i'll never complain about anything again and then a week later i like lose my subway card i'm like motherfucker shit's so unfair you know it's hard it's, it's we're human at the end of the day you know but but yeah writing i haven't really been doing i have this fantasy that like i'm gonna kind of move out of stand-up i don't know where this is coming from and i'm just going to help people with anxiety, but I'll be the funny person that does it instead of being a comedian. And I know that that's just me being, I don't want to say lazy, but lazy. (laughs) Where I'm like, I, but I kind of want to change up what I do for a living. And I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something happening to me. I'm just going to let it happen and see where it goes. This podcast is also brought to you by Crossrope. Look, these days we're all looking for ways to stay fit because we're spending a lot more time at home. I have a treadmill back here, but quite honestly, I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing every single day. What I like to do with my workouts is surprise myself. Cardio machines aren't exactly motivating. And the cost of a home gym, ridiculous right now. And by the way, you can't even get the majority of home gym stuff sent to you these days. That's why I have found a great way to work out with a fraction of the cost. It's called Crossrope, the sleek weighted rope system that makes working out at home fun. It is so easy. I have it right by the pool. And before I get in the pool at night, I just, I just jump rope for five minutes. It's amazing. It's a killer full body workout. And I can, I did it the other day for 30 minutes and I swear to God, I felt it throughout my body. It combines the intense cardio workout of jumping rope with full body resistance. So you stay healthy, you get strong all at home. You can do this anywhere. This is what I also love about it is it's way lower impact than running. You know, I'm running a bunch, but it's like my knees are killing me running 10 miles at night with a bottle of wine. I can't do that every single night, but with, with jumping rope, it literally is absolutely, I mean, it's just like way lower impact. And I love the design of these easily changeable handles, weight and feel of the rope, the durability I mean, I feel like I'm getting stronger and more energized throughout my days. And the best part is we're going back on tour. I'll probably announce that right now in a little bit. Or I did it earlier, maybe. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I haven't told anyone. But I'm trying to stay in shape on the road. 
bro, these cross ropes are so easy to throw into your bag and you can have different sizes, different weights. It's amazing. It's so easy to get started with cross rope. Just order your ropes, download the app, and baby, enjoy the results. Choose between their get lean or get strong set, depending on your fitness goals. I actually have both. I got both because Leanne enjoys doing cross rope. And by the way, the girls love it too. Or get their best value for both, which I did in the Get Fit bundle. Track your workouts and see a map of your progress on the free cross rope app. Cross rope is so sure that you're going to love the whole experience. They even offer a 60-day risk-free guarantee. So if you're ready for a new cardio and full body home workout, visit crossrope.com slash BurtCast. Get up to $40 off cross rope sets plus free shipping when you check out today at crossrope.com slash BurtCast. That is crossrope, C-R-O-S-S, R-O-P-E dot com slash b-e-r-t-c-a-s-t crossrope.com slash birdcast today's podcast is brought to you by omaha steaks this is a company i've been in love with for over 30 years my grandma used to send them to me in college then when i moved to new york i absolutely love omaha steaks and father's day is right around the corner what better gift to send to your father than a package of perfectly aged steaks directly to his door. Omaha Steaks has a limited time Father's Day offer for my listeners. When you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code BERT in the search bar, you save 55% on a gift that dad will love. For $79.99, your gift will include, check this out, four naturally lean top sirloin steaks, hand-carved and aged at least 21 days for tenderness and flavor, four premium Boneless chicken breasts. Those chicken breasts are phenomenal and super easy to defrost. You throw them in the fridge, defrost, throw them in the oven. Oh my God, they're amazing. Four gourmet jumbo franks and kielbasa sausages. Their franks are the best franks I've ever eaten in my entire life. Without a doubt, I am not, I hand to God, a package of savory all beef meatballs, four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin, four made from scratch apple caramel tartlets, and an Omaha Steak Signature Seasoning Pack. Dad will get all this delicious food, plus a free pound of steak-cut bacon. This amazing gift is ready to be shipped to your dad's front door right now in time for Father's Day for $79.99. This Father's Day, send Dad the gift he really wants. Go to omahasteaks.com and type BERT in the search bar and save 55% off when you send the summer sizzle pack for $79.99 and get your free steak cut bacon with this order don't wait go to omahasteaks.com and type bert in the search bar with an e that's b-e-r-t to order the summer sizzle pack for dad for father's day there's a there's a little bit of a rat race in our business where it is we're all on this treadmill of like do a special tour that special do another special sell a sitcom sell a movie write a book and it's and it's and you've been on that treadmill i mean You've been successful on that treadmill for probably 18, 20 years. Like you've been working for 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. Legit work. Maybe 10. Yeah. Yeah. But working like working 20 years is a huge statement. And, and what's crazy. And, and I think this is maybe good or bad, but like, what's crazy is that when we started, we're roughly the same age. I think you're a little younger than me, but when, when we started, we started on five. I'm four, seven. Yeah. But when we started, people like us were aged out of the business already in a weird way. Like, I don't remember a lot of 47-year-old comics working or working. I just don't. It was like everyone, 35 seemed old back then. 
and now it's like, I mean, Bill Burr's. Unless you were like already famous, like your yeah. whoopies and your Robins and them. But I never saw around town. You'd never no. see a 45 year old drop in and do a spot. And now we're still very young in this business. We're still the media. And it's so in a weird way, yeah. I don't think, and I, this is a grandiose statement about us that maybe is not the best thing to say. Maybe it sounds ego filled, but we're, we're put in a situation that maybe people before us weren't put in where we are continuing to, we're, we're being asked to continue to create material at an age when people weren't doing it when we started. People just were like, hey, how am I run? I, I did a sitcom. I got a writing job. And you know what? My name's on yeah. a couple of projects and I retired, kind of. And, and yeah. they're still saying to us, hey, no, no, you're still 25. Like, let's, what's your new hour look like? Like, oh, I'm dying to see it. And it better be better than the last hour. And, and it's, it's a, it's, it's, it is kind of overwhelming. I know for a fact that I just had a conversation about, about a fucking special. I just had a special air on the 17th and we just had another conversation about a new special. And I was like, we aren't even on the road yet. Like, yeah, guys, and I was like, <laughs> I don't need I, time. I wrote, I have an hour, like I have an hour because yeah, I was yeah. touring an hour before the pandemic hit, but I was like, I was really like, this will be nice. We're going to take some time off. We're going to work on this yeah. hour and maybe write another book. We're going to, I got all these big ideas. Maybe we'll do so. Maybe we'll do a multi-cam, take a few years, do a multi-cam. Like I was really yeah. pacing myself. And then all of a sudden it's like, yo, content, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you're just like, it's, it's crazy. It's I never, a lot. I never thought we'd be this good looking old, you know, like somebody said that Gen X is like a good looking, like they'll be good looking forever. Like, yeah. And it's not that I always say like, it's not that I need to look young. I'm not trying to fool anyone and have 25. I just think I've never looked better. I, I looked like shit when I was 30, like way, absolute shit. You are, you're like my wife. You got, you have gotten prettier the older you've gotten. If that sounds crazy. Like, what is that? I don't know. Some women age well into aging. Like, it, like it's like they, I, I think, I won't say this about you, but my, like I'll say this about my wife. Your face thins out? But your face thins out. My wife had like a little girl face. And then as she got older, it kind of thinned out. And she was like, her features were more prominent. And you were like, oh, wow, yeah. she has great cheekbones. Do you know what's funny is a lot of women get those fillers because I think your face starts to sag. And, and I, I'm not opposed to getting, you know, I do these laser things to, remove any weird age spots, whatever, but I'm not opposed to any of that shit, but I don't want fillers. Cause I have this, like when I grew up men and women, like rock star looking people was what I thought was attractive. So when you see that kind of like female or male rock star, that's like kind of sunken in the face, I'm like, that's fucking badass looking. Like I want that look. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to do the housewives cheek fillers and look like a chipmunk. Because yeah, you might not have wrinkles, but you look like a freak. Oh, it's who's uh, the lady from Four Non Blondes yeah. who's got the cool hats. Do you know uh, yeah, I don't know her name, but she's but, got that, that kind of hollowed out kind of. She looks a lot prettier now than she did. And masks are a great way to cover up like lip wrinkles from smoking. I might just start wearing masks all the time for like sunglasses indoors. <laughs> but but yeah, I think there's. I think we do look younger, so people aren't like sad about keeping us on TV and stuff. Yeah, but. The money is in the TV writing, and I, I, I would like to seg more into. I, I usually I'd get a TV writing job, and then I'd be like, oh, I got to go on the road. I can't sit here. And now I'm getting a little burnt out from the road just because I'm by myself. And it's like oh, I didn't mean to do this that long. Like, uh, you know, I'd like to have a bigger audience so I can do less cities a year. You know, and my audience just isn't the. It didn't like 
pop off at the huge level. And so I'm like, oh, well, since it didn't do that, I'll just sit and write for TV and cash some checks. I thought I'd be retired by now. Like, I don't need a lot of attention. I love hanging with comics and doing stuff like this. Like, I want to be in the world, but I don't need the attention. So I kind of want to find a bag of money and just like walk around Europe. And then once a year, if comedians let me hang out with them, I'd be psyched. What's your, what's your, what, what's your like, I have, so uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. So I have like a lot of, a lot of my friends are talking about, you know, if they're thinking about moving out of LA and why are you live in LA, yeah. especially if they're not going to move, open up clubs for a while. What are you going to do in LA? What city do you want to move to? And a bunch of people were talking about different cities that they would like to move to. And every single one of them had like, they were like Montana, Wyoming, Austin, Colorado. And I was like, my go-to is Key West. Like, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong <laughs> with me where I'm like, I'm going to Key West and I'm going to never wear shirts. I'll never have an unbuttoned uh, Wyavera and I'll have like a lot of visors and I'll have a yeah, scooter. Yeah. Like, where's your go-to hangout <laughs> place? Well, it's funny. I, I loved Key West when I went. Um, except I would feel just with all the hurricanes and stuff. Oh, that's my favorite but part. Let's just... Going. Oh. <laughs> Key West is fucking great. There's so much of Florida. I mean, it's such a shit show. I know you're from there, but God, the most beautiful parts, like the most beautiful places I've ever seen are in Florida. I've gone there so many times as a tourist. Um, it's funny. I was just looking at houses in like the Woodstock, New York area, like that, like cool upstate New York where it's like, it's not hippie-ish. You could still get like a good facial, but it's also like, you know, sustainable something. I don't know. I'm not a big... Um, I'm kind of a capitalist jerk, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not all natural, but I like, I think I like those kind of towns or like in Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville is what and, I was going to say. And I feel like it's one of those things where, and obviously New York City, but I guess like if we're talking, like that's too show busy. As I get older, I like cold weather again because I'm from Boston. I used to hate it. I came running to LA and now I'm like, it's too hot. I want to wear coats and layers and, things and i like it when it's raining and so it's like in my dream did you watch Shit's creek at all yeah 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 do you know that store that uh, their son david ended up opening like mm -hmm. i want to have a little shop that sells things nobody needs but like oils and candles i i just want to work in a fucking store so badly in <laughs> woodstock area new york and just like be someone that like have you seen these people that have these libraries outside of their house? No. It's like a little, it's like a little thing you can put on your front lawn. And it's oh, like and it has cake. books inside it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah, about. I want to be that person. I hear my books, and I don't know. I just I long for that. But but so that's where it is, and I feel like why not? Like maybe I will. But the the problem always comes to I don't know anyone in these places. The yeah. goal is not to be more by myself as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess but but if i had my shop that's how i'd meet people yeah, i have so I, much i want to do in this life it's it's I, I need five lives i need the life where i have the shop the life where i just find a bag of money and go eat cheese but yeah, yeah i feel like, I, I feel like that West. too I, I feel like i feel like i haven't done enough in my life i feel like i'm very content like i don't i can't look back at college and say i did it wrong i feel like i did it perfectly for me uh, same with high school yeah, of course same with like and i and i I was explaining to my daughter the other day, my oldest daughter, I was like, yeah, I got out of, I got, I don't have any wants other than what I do. Like I got out of college and was like running, like I got out of college running, going like, 
want to be a comedian. I'm moving to New York and this is what I got to do. I'm, I'm 26. Yeah. I'm already older than everyone else who started. It's time to get moving. Like, oh, let's go to LA. Let's move to LA. Oh, I love LA. I'm going to live here forever. And then I started going and then she was like, well, what like parallel universe, what would you want to do? And I was like, parallel lives. I, I was like, I would love to make micro brewed root beer. Like I would love that. I would love to live like <laughs> not beer, the- beer, root beer. No, I love root beer more than anything in the world. Like I love root beer gives me a pleasure that a very few things give like, like a, Ooh. it, I, when I sip a root beer, I'm, I'm like, I, we, I'm I, they're yeah. everywhere around my house. And especially since I haven't been partying, I've been enjoying like good root beers. And do you it, like a root beer float? I love it. My mouth just watered. I love a root beer float. Yeah. Float. It's so good. I tell you what I also love is just half root beer, half milk. Like I can go half root beer, half milk. Never tried that. Amazing. But like, I, I, like, I want to, I, I feel like I'm, I'm content. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love our, we have a shit house. I love this house. I fucking love it. I don't need much more, but then, then I say you have a shit house. Yeah. Like our house isn't like massive. Like it's not a huge house. It's like every, (laughs) like, I remember I was telling a friend of mine who's like very wealthy. I was saying something about, we were talking about accommodations in this quarantine. And I said, yeah, I live in like 1900 square feet. And he wrote back. He's like one of my good friends, but he's very wealthy. He was like, wait, where are you? I said, I'm at my house. <laughs> and he goes, your house is 19 square, 1900 square feet. I said, yeah. And he goes, wait, why? And I wrote, cause I don't, I don't live here often. I'm on the road. I don't need much. Yeah. Everyone's got their own bedroom. Everyone's got their own bathroom. Like save that money. Yeah. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I, I don't, I, it's nice now, especially knowing we have money that we don't have to worry. We we just bought a new house. We're going to try to re, try to build, but you know, you never know what's going on. What if you could actually do good for the world by making a purchase with your debit card? What if every time you swiped your card, a tree was planted? What if you were rewarded with up to 10% cash back every time you bought something that helped people or the environment? Well, there's a bank alternative that's making that happen. It's called Aspiration. With an Aspiration Spend and Save Cash Management account, you can do better financially while creating a better future for the planet. Earn up to 1% annual percentage yield interest on saving savings. That's over 10 times more than some of the big financial firms pay. Get unlimited cashback rewards, up to 10% cashback for spending at socially conscious businesses like Tom's, Warby Parker, and Reformation. Remember, your deposits won't fund fossil fuel projects like pipelines, oil drilling, oil drillings, and coal mines. Let me tell you something. Save on ATM fees with zero fees at over 55,000 ATMs. Saves up to $300 or more per year when you switch. You pay what's fair for monthly account maintenance fees. Even if you decide that zero and pay zero overdraft fees, your deposits are FDIC insured mobile money management, including check deposit. It's so easy. Save money, save the planet. To open your aspirations, spend and save a cash management account, text BERT to 64000. Do it now for your future. Open your aspirations, spend and save account by texting BERT to 64000. That is BERT to 64000. For terms and conditions, go to aspiration.com slash terms you think you'd ever get married again i would love to if it if it you know it it hasn't been i feel like some people think it's like a decision i made instead of like a lack of 
options have happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. in a really serious relationship after my marriage 10 years ago and it, it just, it didn't work out. And so I've been single for a while and, and I just had like a therapy breakthrough where I feel like at my age, you can't say, Hey, I'm open and willing. Or you sound like a loser. Cause what if it doesn't work out mm-hmm. and you don't meet anyone? And then everyone's like, Oh my God, she was open and willing and it didn't work out. But you can't be the person that's defensive, like not for me. No, but it's like, I'm not willing to online date, but I know that if there's someone for me, that it's going to be so powerful that the fact that I won't online date is not going to stop them from coming into my life. And I really believe that on like a spiritual level. So I'm like, I don't need to get, I mean, getting divorced was so scary. So like, I don't need the, all that legal schmeagle, but. It, yeah. what marriage represents I'm not posting up post living with someone but I really like the one thing I'm happy about is that I don't have to share space with someone in this way in a pandemic like I don't that's not, that's just not great for me um I get a little I need my space but yeah I would totally get married again and that's why I don't want to like buy a house in like a remote area of the world and sit there by myself <laughs> and like, like unless there's one other person that's like oh my god I did the same thing and then it's like a Hallmark movie and we meet but but yeah like so yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think, I don't know. I just have a, re- it's funny cause I know we're in a pandemic and nobody can like date, but I have this really good feeling. I have yeah. a feeling that, that it, it's ha- like, I know I sound like a psycho, like self-help person, but I've never been able to say this out loud to people without feeling stupid. And I'm starting to is I really know that the next love is, is already here. Just, we got run into each other. Like I really feel it. And that That's makes me feel happy. That feels isn't that, that nice? Awesome. That is that is that's that is a great that is great to hear. Like yeah, and I and I did date someone a little casually like recently, but I, you know, it's not like I'm like sitting there like in some fantasy world. Like I'll, you know, if people want to hang out, but it's a. Uh, I just always kind of. To me, it's such a special thing that it. Um, I don't know how I'm saying. I'm not a dater. I'm not someone that's like, oh my God, got to find someone, got to find someone. But I'm so open and willing and think it's just so beautiful to connect with people at that level. And I think I'm just moving into the next phase of my life where dudes that don't mind women that are their age, I'm there, you know? Uh, I, I love, I love, <laughs> I love that. There's a guy, I remember uh, one of my good friends, one of my best friends all through college lives in Atlanta. And I, there was, and he was single and he was like 40. And I, I was friends with, he's a little older than me. I was friends with a girl yeah. that was 35 and I was like, dude, let me say you yeah, this girl. It's amazing. He's like, how old? I said 35. He was too old. And I went, Oh dude, it's never going to happen for you. If 35 is too old, too old oh, for no. you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh, that's you're missing out on what makes women awesome. Like when they get, when <clears throat> I was like, you don't want to be We're so much more calm. We're not picking on you because we have our lives figured out. We don't need to focus on what you're doing wrong. Yes. Like <laughs> we're so much more chill as we get yeah. older. I mean, I know you're maybe, you know, Maybe people want kids or something, but I think, I think, uh, I think maybe you might've said it one time or maybe I said it to you or maybe we said it on a podcast. It was uh, regardless. It was the idea of the decision not to have kids is people need to understand or is is equally as powerful as a decision to have children. It's identically like it is, it is a strong choice. Not everyone should have children. It it is something you Mm. should really want or yearn to do. You shouldn't just be like, man, maybe we'll have kids now. It should be something you should decide on. I, I want to say you, you said that. Yearning. <clears throat> You've said a bunch of things that I've kind of always shelved away. I'm telling you, my favorite, one of my favorite jokes all the time is 
your joke about going to therapy and you, your friend saying, it sounds like you pay your therapist to win. And you're like, well, I'm not going to pay him to lose. I fucking, it's one of my favorite <laughs> jokes. I love it. Do you know, I still have the same therapist. For real? Yeah, we did a Zoom. We're doing Zoom sessions now. And then like, you know, our hour was up and we just started chatting. She's like, well, at this point, we're obviously just having a Zoom hangout. That's probably not appropriate. <laughs> like, we just know each other so well, but it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still helping. It's still, you know, it's still I was helping. Doing, but yeah, I was doing like, Skype for therapy, but I was lying. So yeah. I had to stop. <laughs> I definitely lied in therapy and then come <laughs> around again to this therapist and been like, Hey, remember all those years I was lying? Like it's kind of powerful, but I, I, it's, it's kind of neat. It's, it's definitely good to have, if people can, uh, you know, I, I just am so such a fan of it for people that are, think you have to be like completely mental to go to therapy. It's like, it's just helping, you know, dumb things like what I just said to you, about willing to be in a relationship. Like I was so ashamed to say that for so long, but most recently that like, it was actually like causing me physical, like, like making me anxious until I finally said it and then went, okay, play this through. What if I say that I never meet anyone and I'm 65 and everyone's like, oh my God, she's still single. Oh, well, is it any more painful than me being defensive for 20 years and going, so, you know, it's like, it sounds so stupid, but we're really stubborn, complex things. And like, whenever I try to describe to someone a therapy breakthrough, they're like, yes, you didn't fucking know that. I'm like, yeah, but try doing the thing, you know, it's impossible. (laughs) It's impossible. Yeah. Everyone knows how to eat right until you get a fucking trainer smacking you down. You you don't do it. Yeah. Did uh did uh I'll I'll let you get out of here soon. I don't I feel bad with these yeah. zooms that I that keep people too long. There's one question. Well, I have it's weird. I have another Zoom thing after this, and I never do two things in one day. This is like the rat race for me right oh, now. Oh my god, I'm doing like five a day and it's driving me nuts. Ugh. Um I there's a question I've okay. I'm gonna say one question, I'll ask you another question, then it will be done. One question is, okay. what is a, uh, if you can name all three, that would be great. But let's just pick with any of the one, this new uh-huh. man in your life that is, that is here, that is about to enter your life, hypothetically speaking, we put it in the universe. What is one book, movie, or album that if they absolutely didn't like, you just couldn't be with them? I was thinking, <laughs> of this, I was thinking of this today. I was thinking about you. I was running on the treadmill and I was like, and I, I was like, trying to break a 27 minute 5k and I, and the Smiths came on and I was like, Oh yeah. And my wife hates the Smiths. And I went, Jen would appreciate the Smiths. Like I literally thought that. And I was like, there's a good 5k to run before this podcast. I love the Smiths, but you know what is so funny is like, it's, it's funny. I had an ex come into my life during the pandemic that like I hadn't heard from him forever. And this is a thing that's happening to people. He's, he's married with kids and he's totally not trying to be a creep. He's just like, what happened to our friendship? And, uh, I've known him my whole life. And we, we had a phone call about the Smiths like last week about how much we love Morrissey and stuff. Cause we always did. Yeah. But I remember thinking, Oh wow. I used to think this is like what I needed in a relationship, but I don't give a flying fuck if they like the Smiths or not. (laughs) <laughs> so it's more like it's more like me judging them for what they do like as opposed to they need to but if a guy doesn't like the movie he's got to appreciate the movie cabaret with liza minnelli and, and you would think oh jen loves musical theater that movie is dark as fuck it's got abortion nazis it's it's dark and it's it's good and yeah. it's not a musical and so like 
they don't have to like it coming in. But if I'm like, if we're having movie night, like show me yours, I'll show you mine. If they give me any attitude and I'm, and then I just start like, listen, it beat the Godfather at the Oscars in many categories that you're like, you sit the fuck down and learn about Bob Ossie's directing abilities. And then we can watch Lenny because he directed that too. Like that. The yeah. book, I mean, I used to know a lot more about books. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I used to be smarter and getting dumber, but that's it. The can't move. When I see someone judging something prior to investigation, it's like, I can do without that. You know? I, yeah. My wife was the, the Philadelphia story was one that she was like, she was like, you got to have an open mind about this. Like if you, if I, if you are unwilling to watch this, then I, I need to investigate more with what's going wrong with you. And then I loved it. But it turns out that the name of the Butler in there is Hobson. And then my families are Hobson's out of Philadelphia where the Philadelphia story is based out of. And it turns out that my family is based off that character. Wait, is the Philadelphia story, the AIDS Tom Hanks movie? No, that's Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, what's the Philadelphia story? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I think it's Jimmy Cooper, Catherine Hepburn, and uh, and oh. yeah, I think she comes from money or something like that. So you come from money? Is that what no, you no, learned? No. no, the Butler's name's Hobson in that movie. Oh, you come from Butler's. So Hobson's were uh, were a line of butlers and house servants out of. Ireland and England, and that is where our family got it. From. And our family moved to the main line as mainly butlers and uh, house servants. And, and so now you're right. one step above as a comedian. Yeah, barely. Okay, Each generation gets better. Yeah. Here's a question I have wanted answered, and you may not be able to answer it. And if you can answer it even in the slightest, it would mean a lot. Okay. And I and I do this because I'm very judgy of people. So like when I first started stand up, I moved to New York. And I remember saying, who is from, uh, is there anyone from Florida? And they're like, Jim Brewer's from Florida. And I was like, really? And I met Jim Brewer and I was like, he doesn't seem like he's from Florida at all. And they're like, well, yeah. he grew, he lived in, uh, he lived in, um, in uh, uh, Hudson. And I was like, hold on, Jim Brewer lived in Hudson. And they're like, well, yeah, Newport Ritchie right around there. And I was like, okay. And then in my math, knowing Florida, I went, Hold on, how old are his parents? I'm like, oh, his dad's really old. I go, okay, that makes sense. All right, now that makes, and they're like, Tom Rhodes is from Orlando. And I met Tom Rhodes. I went, that makes sense. Now, as a girl yeah. from Boston who gets into yeah. stand up and, and stand up is littered with dudes from Boston Rogan, Dane, Bill Burr, Gary Goldman, that's just four we'll name up. Was there yeah. a part of you when you met, say, like a Rogan or a Bill Burr or a Dane where you're like, oh, that is, so where they're from like that is he is definitely a worcester kid or like like and and if you can describe just a little bit in a fun way not in this we're not slamming yeah. i'm just in a fun way yeah, of yeah. going like oh joe rogan it makes sense that he grew up dot 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 because i've done this well to you know Bill i actually didn't know rogan is from massachusetts do you know what town hey halston pull up where rogan's from i think i think he's from rogan's bad because he grew up he was all over. He lived in San Francisco for a little bit. I think he actually oh, lived in Florida. For okay, a bit. so I don't count him as from Massachusetts because if you got the San Francisco experience, that erases. Yeah. So like if I was going to be a snob and like 
Bill Burr and I were going to go drinking, which we wouldn't because I don't even think Bill knows me. But let's say we were. And he's like, Rogan's coming. We're going to talk about Massachusetts. I'd be like, I don't know if he can because he was lived in San Francisco for a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> he lived in Jersey. He lived in San Francisco. I think he lived in Florida. He lived He lived all over the place. I think he grew no, up. He went to high school and, and maybe went to college in Boston and then li- started stand-up in Boston. Okay. No. Then, then let's do okay, Dane. So he, so, Dane is... So, okay. Dane also. is probably like me. Uh, I'm from a su- really wealthy suburb, but my dad was the um, greenskeeper. Like I would say, Bill Murray and Caddyshack. Cambridge, and Massachusetts. For- oh, okay. So we lived in my town for free. And um, so when I hear someone's from Cambridge, I'm like, okay, so they had every advantage. Um, you know, like upper class, like super liberal, Cambridge, like. Okay, so they don't have that Boston, I need to perform thing. Like when I heard Ben Affleck was from there, I, I'm just like, yeah, no. And I'm not shitting on Dane. That would be my judgment. You know what I mean? If yeah, I'd yeah, never yeah, seen yeah. that. And then, you, then I get self-conscious around people like Burr because I'm like, he's real Boston. He has the accent. He's Irish. I'm not Irish. And you think of Burr as like, I'm from fucking Southie. I don't really know where he's from, but you're Canton. like, he's from my Canton, judgment. Massachusetts. Oh, he's from Canton. Okay, so now I'm less intimidated by him because that's just... <laughs> like a country kind of suburb, but he seems like he's from hardcore Southie. But if he was giving me any kind of like Bill Burr Southie vibe and I was getting intimidated and he was like, I'm from Canton. I'd be like, dude, why don't you say at the beginning? Now I'll get another beer. All right, we're good. You know, it's, it is, it's weird little parts. But then if someone says they're from Western Mass, which is basically like, here's Western Mass. It's like, I run a mindfulness studio and I'm like, you know, a, a meditation guru or like I'm a rock star from Brooklyn and I want to raise a family. We moved to Western Mass because it's super cool. That doesn't count as Massachusetts. Like that's basically New York to me. Yeah. And so Massachusetts to me is like the shitty towns right outside of Boston. And then like someone could do this to me where they're like, she's from Boston. And then I go, well, need them. And they're like, that's not Boston. I'm like, I know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> but there was like a train right in my backyard. I could get in the city in 20 minutes. I, you know, I, I know the, the Massachusetts types and my, my extended family lived closer to like Lawrence and Lowell, more working class. So I've been surrounded by the more like that kind of thing. We were like these weirdos that were more cosmopolitan. But anyway, yeah, it's that kind of thing where I, I have positive and negative judgments where I'm like, well, I'm intimidated because I'm not Boston enough, you know? Yeah. I talked to Bill about this, about, uh, cause I think Bobby Kelly is from Medford and, uh, and Patricia- Medford and Bobby had a rough childhood. Like he definitely like we were, cause we were talking about, uh, about Ben, Ben Affleck and, uh, and Bill and, uh, Pint. and what is What's his buddy's name? Matt Damon, Matt Damon. Yeah. And, and I think Bill was like, Oh, Matt Damon's from a rough part of town, but he's like, Bobby's from a real rough part of town. And I said, where's Patrice from? And he goes, Boston. <laughs> Like Boston went, really? proper. He's like he's from Boston. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not oh. even a yeah 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 because it could be Boston like Beacon Hill snooty or like Roxbury, I, Boston. Yeah, I think, I think Patrice is from a rough a rough part of town, but but yeah, yeah. I've always wanted. I've always I want there to be. If anyone's out there, if you want a video to go viral, I would love for you to take comics in different states. And then break down their state, break down their act, and the type of people that live uh, where they grew up. Because I remember hearing yeah. Chris Rock saying he is so the people that he grew up with, like the people that he grew up with. His sense of humor is those guys, and he would come home and they'd yes, be like, "Yes, me too." 
Yeah, like you're you're like I am so Tampa. It's fucking ridiculous. Like my sense of humor has you can see hints of like old Cuban man, and then this this like white trash. I want to have a yeah. cigarette boat with a feathered hair and a girl with no top on drinking a fucking Bud Light. Like there's the worst parts of me and my act are Tampa, and so yeah. Uh, been well, it's interesting. I just really quick. You had mentioned about high school and college. I feel like an imposter because I fucking loved high school, loved it. The only yeah. thing I didn't love about it was that I was an emotional teenager who probably had like actual depression. But I, I had, you know, there was like the jock people, but like, I didn't, they didn't, I mean, they were like harassing my gay friends. Like there was stuff like that going on, but there was none of this, like I'm popular. You're a nerd. It was like, no, I don't care. Like I wasn't a nerd. I was in the like punk artsy fartsy crew. So I had like a ton of friends and I was in like theater club after school and I was in a band and I took ballet and piano lessons. I was living this like artist life. Make my parents make me three meals a day. I had no worries. I worked at Baskin Robbins where you could smoke cigarettes inside. You could smoke <laughs> and scoop a thing. It was the best life I've ever lived. In my, I, I, it was the best. And college was more of the same. So like I never... So when people are like, oh, did you become a comedian because people made fun of you and that was your only defense? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I actually have no excuse. <laughs> I, I loved my life and I had a lot of friends and we were really creative. And you know what? I'm just going to leave. I guess I shouldn't be a comedian. Well, I'll tell you what, Jen, you look and sound so happy and your bangs look amazing. Um, hey, can I tell everyone the secret? Yeah, please. Ring light. Oh. Uh, maybe I maybe I just have a straight up light in my in my thing. Maybe yeah, I'll get it's, a it's the light. same thing. Yeah, they're so good. Well, I I don't know if you know this, but I just you make me so happy. You're so funny. You're such a kind, gentle, cool person with so many personalities and interests. And I love the way you raise your family. And I just love who you are. And I just I'm such a Bert fan of like who you are. And when this pandemic is over, please take me out drinking. Oh, done deal. A hundred percent. I just, I would love that. I just live for you. And I remember the last time I ran into you, we were both at Burbank airport and you got off a flight and you were like, I did hot yoga for 30 days. And you were so skinny and you were like, everything's (laughs) great. But you were kind of like mental because you hadn't had a drink. (laughs) I hadn't had a drink in 30 days. I actually am debating on whether or not to have a cold beer today at sunset and just celebrate life. That's um, do it for me because I got to do another Zoom thing at sunset. So do it for me. I will. Jen, do it you, for me. Jen, anyway, I'm. You sound the ha- happiest I've ever heard. I'm so excited for you. I. I uh, this has been a she great loves podcast. Being locked in a house. Uh, by the <laughs> way, but no, we're, we share a lot of the things that are making us happy. Those little small things, and I think if people yeah. look for, I think it's a great way to find small little victories. Well, that's my, why you must love your penis so much. It's the small things, Bert. Bang! Boom! That's how you close a podcast. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Jen. I love you. Take care. Stay safe. Love you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.